Hello, my name is Chris Cole, and welcome to Chris's Creative Corner. This podcast is a mix of talking books and reading books. And the books are by me, because I wrote them, because I'm an author. This is the first episode of Chris's Creative Corner, and what I'm planning on doing with this podcast is to turn it into a mixture of talking about writing and reading what I've written. Ultimately, what I decided is that audiobooks are nice, and there are more options available now. So I'm going with a podcast style, where I will be releasing a chapter each week. A little bit of background on me. Um, I was born and raised in Southeast Idaho, and I am the youngest of three children. I ultimately decided to start writing when I was in eighth grade. I wrote a short story that won an award, and I don't even remember what it was for. However, I decided that that was something that I really enjoyed doing. So I continued on writing uh, in the high school and I started a story on the premise of nuclear fallout and everybody gaining superpowers um, because of the mutations. And I was like, I don't know how to make this work. And at the time, I just decided to set it aside and focus instead on getting my bachelor's degree. After I graduated high school, I went and got a bachelor's degree in broadcasting, uh, mass communication, multimedia journalism, um, and went into the field of broadcasting where I actually was on the local news um, for several years. One of the first, (laughs) the first time that I went on the local news, my first words were, you're gonna let me know when I'm live, right? Um, I got a lot better and ultimately um, decided that that wasn't the course I wanted to take. I spent a few years out of the news, um, working various jobs, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life until I found the counseling field. Um, and that's what I'm doing now is getting my master's degree in counseling. I just finished my first year and I'm ultimately very much looking forward to graduating um, next May um, of 2023. In the oodles of spare time that I have, I also like to volunteer my time um, in advocacy work. So I am a member of the Mayor's um, Advisory Council for Human Rights and Human Relations. Um, I also helped found the Southeast Idaho Pride Foundation, uh, which is going strong. I'm very excited about it. And it's going to become a hub of sorts for the community all around us here uh, to figure out who needs what and pair them with resources that provide what they need. Um, All, of course, with a focus on members of the LGBTQ plus population. In my podcasts, I will probably refer to the queer population more often than not. Um, That is not me using it in a derogatory way. Ultimately, I understand that that's how it has been used. I would like to use it as an empowering and an all-encompassing term. There's so many beautiful and diverse identities out there and saying LGBTQ plus, I feel just kind of gloms all the other identities together and makes them seem not as valid or as important as the LGBT or Q. That's why I will say queer. Um, It's all encompassing and includes all the wonderful diversity that we have in our beautiful rainbow community. Now that I've kind of introduced myself, and you'll get to know me more throughout as I hold um, various discussions um, with other people and about my books, um, one of the first things I want to do is talk about the books that I write. So I write a variety of different kinds of stories. Um, 
I feel that um, good stories have a lot of different aspects in them. Um, and it, even in a romance, there's more to the romance. Um, you know, there's like life and things like that. So ultimately, um, I write romances. And after I wrote my first book that went to print Porchlight, um, I decided to expand more and try and focus on romances um, in the queer community that are not based on the fact that someone has a queer identity and is struggling because of that. Um, I think that I know that there are a lot of social injustices happening all over the world um, and here in the United States. And ultimately what I want to do is, with my books is to make sure that people understand that being gay or queer in any capacity is not a problem. The problem with, if there is a problem, it's usually coming from the outside in, um, whether that's from whatever culture that you come from, your, the, your cultural background, um, your, your ethnic culture, your religious culture, um, societal, whatever. Usually it's those cultures that come forward and say, oh no, you're wrong as you are. And what I want to try to do with my books is say, queer people are fine as they are. The problem, if you have a problem with them, that is your problem. It's not theirs. Like queer people are fine and will be fine. More if you just left us alone and let us live our lives and stop trying to determine what fucking bathroom we should use. Okay? Not that I'm upset or um, annoyed by that. So ultimately, the my decision to write was based on the fact that I wanted to tell stories about queer people that weren't about the fact that they were queer. It was about them living their lives, going through every other thing that people all over um, struggle with, whether that's loss or whether that's um, sexual assault, which is a huge thing that people struggle with that nobody seems to talk about. Um, ultimately, the idea here is that I want to tell stories that are queer people living their lives. And that's what I decided to do. So the first book I wrote um, that went to print. So I've written four books now. A fifth one is coming out in June 2022. And the first and the fifth are erotic romances um, of a queer nature. And those did not go to print because they are not long enough. I went through um, a small traditional publisher um, and they just didn't meet the length requirement to be um, printed. So with my three romances, they have erotic scenes in them, but the focus is on the romance. And ultimately I decided that's how I wanted my books to go if I were to write romances. Um, yes, there's always an audience for erotica. Um, it was kind of my first dive into trying to become more comfortable with sex and talking about sex myself. And so far it's worked out really well. So I've written five books, um, all with sexy scenes in them. And ultimately I have realized that not every story needs to have descriptive sex in it as well. 
which is why I've started branching out. The sci-fi that I started writing in high school, I've altered, changed a lot. In 2015, I rewrote it. Um, in 2018, I rewrote it again. And now I've actually rewritten it and I rewrote it how I wanted it to be, not what I thought would sell. When I wrote my science fiction series the first time, I wrote it as um, a female lead character. Um, and I thought it was very empowering. I wanted to empower women and ultimately tell a story of a woman who she was dependent on for everything and was able to bear that burden and also do really well with it. And she was powerful and strong. And as I told the story, I realized that yes, I, those stories are important and there are women out there who can tell those stories. I am a man and what I should do is step aside for women to tell their own stories. Secondly, I felt it was really important to tell queer stories. And so when I went to rewrite it this last time, I was like, you know what? I'm changing my main character. I'm, I'm doing it how I wanted to do in the first place, which was to write a queer science fiction story um, with main characters who are queer. And so that's what I did. I'm in the process of revising the third book. Um, it's a four book series. I'm in the process of revising and writing that. Um, the first book I am going through and editing and getting feedback on and getting reviews gathered. The second book I am going to do the same thing on. Um, so it's just a process and I'm planning um, on publishing next year um, through self-publishing. Um, ultimately, I decided that I wanted to do that um, instead of going a traditional route. Plus, I really got to design my own cover. And I have the book right here, um, and I'm looking at the cover, and it's absolutely glorious, and I love it so very, very much. And no, you can't see it until I reveal it. The books that I published, however, you can see the covers all day. Um, they're available anywhere that books are sold, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, the website jms-books.com. Um, I go through JMS Books as my traditional publisher. Absolutely love uh, that work that I've been doing there. They gave me the first chance to be published, and I will forever be grateful for them. Now that I have rambled on enough about myself and my journey as an author, I would now like to turn to my book. Porchlight is the first romance that I wrote that went to print. I just want to read the back cover of it to let you know what it's about. I'm sick of being called Junior. Sure, I'm William Nicholas Martins Jr., but I just want to go by Nick. I'm sick of my boyfriend mismatching his socks on purpose, and I'm sick of being in the closet. All this changes when my band, Taking Back Nick, lands a record deal. My friends Casey, Kennedy, Levi, and I are about to make it big. In one night, I come out to my parents and break up with my boyfriend, and then the hard part starts. Casey is my oldest friend, and I move in with him after my breakup, but things start to happen. We skyrocket to fame, but Casey finds himself in the middle of some serious addiction issues. Combined with him showing me so much affection, I start to worry there's more going on than just the stress of success. Will Casey be able to overcome his addictions and find happiness? More importantly, will that happiness be with me? 
So Porchlight is the first romance that I started selling. In a way, it was my coming out book um, where part of the story is about him, Nick, the main character, coming out um, and embracing his true self with his family. So Porchlight, the ebook version, was published in 2020. Um, because of the pandemic, there were a lot of delays about getting books to print and everything. So the print book came out in 2021, um, about a year later. And I had a book signing. It was glorious. It was wonderful. This book took me two weeks to write. And I sat down every day for about four hours a day and sometimes more. And it just poured out of me, um, this rock star kind of romance. And ultimately, it turned into something that I never thought it would turn into. And I spent a lot of time just sitting with it. Um, I think I wrote it back in 2018. So it took me two years to even decide that I wanted to publish it in the first place. So far, I've been getting good reviews. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. But that's also the kind of person I am where it's like, oh, that's good news. I'm going to get bad news very soon. And that's just me being paranoid, I think. So what I want to do is I want to read the first chapter of Porchlight. And at the end of the book, um, I plan on having a discussion with anyone, um, with a particular reader or a couple readers. We'll figure out how to do that. I'm still new at this whole podcast building thing. I have a lot of ideas of how I want this podcast to go. And I still don't know people in my life who have read um, porch light, um, very, very many people anyway. So I may try and call some people, see if they want to come on my podcast and we can have this discussion about the book. It's amazing to hear your own words and story repeated back from someone and what they took away from it. And I think that is what I'm most looking forward to is being able to see what impact it has had on someone. Um, especially where reviews are basically anonymous. So without any further ado, I would like to read Porchlight, the first chapter of the book, and we'll see how it goes. This book is dedicated to my readers, especially Wesley and Kristen, to my parents, who never stopped loving me, and to Trent, my Porchlight. Chapter 1, The Lead Singer. Mom, Dad... I'm gay. My reflection looked terrified. Why did my forehead have to be so shiny? I could do this. Totally. Yep, I've got this. I took a step toward the door and blanched. I couldn't do this. No way. I've got nothing. Babe, we're going to be late if we don't leave soon. My defenses immediately went up. I told him I didn't like being called babe. Well, okay. I'd told him like three times in the two years we've been together. I wasn't known for telling him exactly how I felt. I'm almost ready, heck. I stared at my reflection for a minute longer. My eyes were defiant, knowing I was ready to come out. It was my heart, not knowing if it could take the rejection that kept stopping me. I sighed, rubbing my face. I've been trying to come out to them every day for the last three years. And every day, something stopped me. The memory of my father shouting in disgust at the two men kissing on TV. What if he thought the same when looking at me? 
I put my favorite onyx studs into my ears, shut off the bathroom light, and walked back into the living room. Hector was sitting on the living room chair, typing on his phone. I'm ready, Heck. Hector looked up and gave me a dazzling grin. Then he stood and gave me a quick kiss. You look good, Junior. I shook my head. Everybody called me Junior. I'd gotten used to it, but never really liked it. Technically, I was William Nicholas Martins Jr., and my dad goes by Bill, so I never understood why they couldn't have called me Will or Nick or something. Junior followed me everywhere. I was junior in high school and at every job because my dad was a real estate agent and everyone knew him. I grabbed my jacket off the back of the sofa and we made our way out the door. I got in the passenger seat, still feeling a little huffy. He calls me Babe and Junior. He never lets me drive and he's always trying to push me to be somewhere. Granted, I'm often running late, so he's just trying to keep me on time, but still getting to me. Remember, my parents are paying tonight, so you can order whatever you want. Hector pulled out of the driveway, wind howling as rain beat the windshield. I'm not going to make them spend a ton of money on me, and I still think we should leave the tip. I opened my passenger visor mirror to check my hair. It was just the right amount of in my face, but it was going to get messed up in the rain. I took a comb out of the glove compartment. Hector called it his jockey box, so I made sure to call it a glove compartment. And combed my hair to look more like it did at work. We can offer, sure, but they're going to say no. His parents have been very generous since we started dating, especially considering I was in a band. Well, probably because I was in a band. We'd formed Taking Back Nick in high school as a kind of joke, really. Originally, it was for a talent show where we performed this ridiculous song about how everybody called me Junior. But we won first place and decided to keep on playing together to see what happened. I sang and played the piano. My friend Levi Skaggs played lead guitar and did backup vocals. Kennedy played the drums, which matched her noisy personality. And Casey, my childhood friend, and the only one who called me Nick, Nicky when he was drunk, played the bass. We'd gotten really popular in the region. We all lived in King, Idaho, and had traveled to Boise, Twin Falls, Idaho Falls, and down to Salt Lake several times. Our Facebook page had 10,000 likes, which was pretty big for us. Plus, Kennedy managed our Twitter and Instagram, so we were pretty well covered on all social media. We performed some covers, but mostly did original material. Casey and I wrote our most popular song, Sorry, which was actually about not being sorry at all. See, Casey had this whole thing where he says I apologize needlessly, and he might have been right, but it was still weird for me to acknowledge it. Like, I wanted to apologize for apologizing too much. So, I guess he was right. He said I was too sorry when it came to Hector. Casey said I was always apologizing to him, and he never apologized to me. But it made sense to me to apologize, because we had to keep our relationship secret since I wasn't out to my parents. It was an inconvenience and I didn't like being the cause of it. Oh, did I tell you about the drag performance tomorrow night? You can probably catch the tail end of it after your gig thingy. He was really getting on my nerves. Gig thingy? And he knew I hadn't been to the gay bar in town yet because, once again, I hadn't come out to my family. I already told the band I was going out for drinks with them at the Amazon. Hector scoffed. The Amazon? That place is a total dump. Come on, you'll have fun at Charlie's. I know you will. I'm sure it will be fun, but I've already made plans. He was silent for a moment. 
I counted down in my head. Three, two, one. How come you never want to do stuff I want to do? I sighed. Do we really have to get into it right now? I told you I'm not out to my family, so I don't want to be seen at the gay bar, okay? And I made plans with my band. I'm not backing out on their plans just to go see a drag show or the end of a drag show. Something I want to do, so you don't want to do it. I counted to ten, willing myself to calm down. Heck, come on. Once I find the right time to come out, I'll go with you. When I have gigs on the weekends, I'm pretty much booked. He was silent. Great. I hated when he gave me the silent treatment. We pulled up to the restaurant and Hector still hadn't said anything. He shut off the engine and we sat for a moment. I just don't feel like you support me, Junior. I don't want you to feel that way. I do support you. I mean, I'm going out to dinner with your parents again, and your dad asks me all those questions about how much the band makes and stuff. Makes me feel bad. If you don't want to do dinner anymore, just say so. He pulled the keys out of the ignition and looked at me. I mean, we can go right now if you want. I threw up my hands and slapped them down on my thighs. Jesus Christ, heck, that's not what I'm saying. Why are you twisting my words? I'm just translating what I hear you say, babe. To me, that says you're not really listening then, babe. He smirked and I shook my head. Look, I really don't want to fight. Can we pause, put a pin in it? He sighed, reached over and grabbed my hand. Yeah, I don't want to fight either. Let's just do dinner and we can talk about it later. He squeezed my hand and leaned in to give me a quick kiss. Dinner was fine. Hector's dad only asked about the band's gig tomorrow night at first, but as the band came up in conversation, he asked how much we were getting paid. I reminded him, like I had several times in the past, that I still worked at the hotel and brought in steady income that way to make up for the band's meager income. Hector's mom asked if we had everything we needed, again, if we were doing okay, still, and if we needed money, again. I only had one glass of wine, but Hector had three, so I figured I should drive home. He fought with me for several minutes, but his mom finally just took the keys from him and gave them to me. Hector was kind of a lightweight, and he was an incredibly horny drunk. I had to stop him multiple times from trying to undo my pants on the way home. It wasn't until we got inside and into the bedroom that I gave in. He unbuttoned my shirt, and his lips and tongue made their way down my bare chest, across my nipples, and down my stomach. He clumsily undid my belt buckle and pulled down my pants and underwear. I groaned at the feeling of his mouth on my skin. I ran my hands through his hair. I grabbed his face and bent down, kissing him, then pulling him up on top of me. We fell backward onto the bed, where I immediately rolled over to straddle him, undoing his buttons to reveal his muscular, hairy chest. He breathed heavily as I ran my hands along his body, feeling his eagerness beneath me. I climbed off and quickly undid his jeans, pulling them down to reveal his beautiful naked body. After reaching in his bedside drawer to prepare, I straddled him once again. His hands went above his head, as they always did. I'd learned early on that if I was going to have sex with drunk Hector, I'd better be prepared to do all the work. Soon he was moaning, I'm gonna, oh God, I'm gonna do it, yes. He cried out in ecstasy. I slowed my movements and then stopped, basking in the feeling. His hands released the headboard and clutched my thighs, running his hands up and down. His right hand ran all the way up, grabbing me and squeezing. 
his eyes closed, he mumbled, did you come? I let out a shaky breath. No. He let go of me and rolled over, forcing me to get off of him. I laid on my stomach next to him and stroked his back with my hand. Soon his snores were vibrating the bed. I sighed and stood, grabbing my phone and heading to the bathroom. I helped myself in the shower, using it as an opportunity for release and to clean myself. I'd been with Hector for two years, living with him for the last six months, and I had lost count of the number of times I'd been left unsatisfied. I'd never told Hector I thought he was a selfish lover. I didn't want to hurt his feelings. Plus, I didn't want to sound needy. Don't you want to cuddle, Hector? I want to lay in your arms and just have you stroke my arm or lay your hand on my chest or even play with my hair. It sounded so sad to me. Of course, maybe it was sad I would need to ask for those things. I finished in the shower and ran a washcloth under some water, getting it warm and damp. Then I went back to the bedroom and carefully rolled Hector over to wipe him clean. I even took the time to peel back his foreskin. I put the washcloth in the hamper, catching sight of Hector's feet. He was wearing mismatched socks. I felt a wave of anger pulse through me. I had told him time and time again I had put his socks in matches when I did the laundry. And he usually wore matching socks, except when he was angry with me. He did it on purpose. He liked to make me angry, or at least get under my skin. He'd never admitted to it. But the way he approached confrontation with me always made me feel like I was insane for being angry, and I was always wrong. Yes, it was a quirky thing where I got unreasonably upset if socks didn't have their matches, I know. But he knew it bothered me and mismatched them on purpose. I threw a blanket over him, leaving his feet exposed. Maybe your mismatched socks will keep your feet warm. Then I drew a blanket over myself. Not for the first time, I found myself wishing I was sleeping alone. So that is the first chapter of Porchlight, my first romance. Um, if you liked it, let me know. If you're like, this is ridiculous, you could probably keep that to yourself. Um, but if you feel the need to let me know, I guess do that as well. Um, for anybody who is looking forward to what's coming up on the podcast, um, we'll be doing chapter two. And at the end of reading all the chapters, I will be talking with a friend about the book and we'll be doing a Q&A sort of thing, answering questions and talking about where I came up with the ideas and all sorts of things. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then we'll move on to my third romance, which is called Avoiding Aiden. And then my fourth romance, which is called Puppy Love. So I am very excited and looking forward to those. Um, as we, as I release episodes, um, I will make sure to keep you updated on things that are going on. Um, you can find me on TikTok, on Twitter, and on Facebook, and on Instagram. Um, I do all the social media because I am a small-time author and have to do all of that shit myself. So people know who I am and where they can find my books. Um, yeah, so I have the first sci-fi book as well that I will be reading um, and releasing when that comes out next year. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope to see you next week on Chris's Creative Corner.